0: Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor here in Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 8 4321. And when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Thank you once again for joining us and you're going to join our service already in progress.
1: Well, 40 years ago today, I said I do to my lovely wife. Now, I know that uh I only look forty five and she only looks thirty, but uh you know we uh have actually been married for forty years and uh so anyway um I want to congratulate her for getting me no just <laughs> I'm going to congratulate me for getting her actually is the way that ought to be. <laughs> Praise God. But, uh, you know, I am I am so thankful that uh, God has sustained us. We didn't actually do this uh, this whole thing right. We didn't have a plan going in. All we planned on was we're just going to be together for the rest of our lives. And uh, that seemed to have worked out well for us. Um uh, so we don't know if it went like we planned or not because we didn't have a plan. So, uh, but anyway, we are still here and we are still together because, you know, there's something that, uh, uh, that Jesus said. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And the scripture says in Ephesians that the, re- uh, the apostle Paul compares the relationship between husband and wife to the relationship between Christ and the church. Praise God, and uh, so he said to the church, "I will never leave you or forsake you," and therefore, you know, uh, when I said I do, I meant it, and uh, so you know, I uh, I didn't say those words, but I, I did say, for the, you know, that we would uh, that I would join myself to her for the rest of my life, and uh, that's what I meant. Praise God. And so uh, to get rid of me, well, there's only one way that can happen. Anyway, um, are you ready for some word today? Praise God. We have been talking about Holy Spirit for a few weeks now, and I want you to get to know... This person, I didn't say this it, this spiritual entity or this, you know, no. I said, I want you to know this person called the Holy Spirit. Praise God. He is a person. And, uh, you know, Jesus referred to him. He said, when he has come, he will do this. He will do that. And so, he is a person. He is as much a person as Jesus is a person. He is as much a person as Father God is a person, and He's as much a person as you are a person. Praise God. Praise God. And so we have been getting to know Him. We talked about the relationship that He wants to have with us. We talked about um, the um, You know what what he's like his character his nature we talked about the fact that that he is love and when 1st Corinthians 13 uh, says love is you know he is and then it says uh, the Apostle John wrote God is love so if he is love and love is and he Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit Then whatever love is Holy Spirit is praise God and so when we read first Corinthians the 13th chapter you know we read that many times and it's a good thing I'm not being critical of this at all because it's it's a good thing to read that and understand that if we are walking in love this is what we ought to be like but it also reveals to us what God is like and many times we think that, that the things that it says about love, that uh, we sometimes have this view of God as being actually the opposite of that. And, uh, you know, for, for instance, we think that, well, the scripture says love is patient, and we think sometimes that God is impatient. But if it says love is patient, then God is patient, right? Holy Spirit is patient. Praise God. When we begin to understand that, now today we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter again, but we're going to do so with a little different uh, um, point of view on this. Still, yeah, see, the, the Word of God is living, the Bible says. It is living and powerful. Praise God. And sharper than any two edged sword. Praise God. And so if it is living, then that means that it can speak one thing to you today, and it can speak something else to you tomorrow, not contradicting what it said today, but it can speak something else in addition to something, you know, there, there is a, um, a process of growth. And as we grow in our understanding, you know, we can go to the same scriptures and get things today that, you know, I've been, uh, I, you know, kiddingly, I said, I, I only look 45, but I'm really 60. Okay, And so, you know, I've been walking with the Lord ever since I was seven, and so that's a long, long time that I have been um, in in this relationship with Jesus and in relationship with the Word of God. I really got serious about the Word of God at about 20 years old. And, uh, and, and yet, so, so still yet, that's, that's 40 years ago that I got serious about the things of God. Yet today, I'm still discovering new truth and new revelation in the Word of God. It was there the whole time. I just hadn't discovered it. Praise God. Praise God. And so, I can read one passage You know, for years I read 1 Corinthians 13, and I saw what I should be like. And then a a few years ago I read 1 Corinthians 13, and I saw what God is like. And today, you know, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to look at uh, how Holy Spirit works. Praise God. How His power manifests. And, And you say, that's in 1 Corinthians 13? Yes, it is. You see, the Apostle Paul started talking about spiritual gifts in the 12th chapter. In the 12th chapter, he you know, he names nine spiritual gifts. And then he comes down to chapter 13, and he starts talking about love. And then in chapter 14, we see him talking about spiritual gifts again and how they ought to operate. Well, that's that's the way it appears. But what we need to realize is he didn't change subjects in the middle. You know, it's one continuous subject, chapters 12, 13, and 14, he's all talking about, all the way through, talking about the same thing there. And when we begin to understand that, you know, God is not schizophrenic. He, he, you know he's he's not flighty he's not uh, you know he's not an airhead he's you know all of the uh, other terms that we could use to refer you know he's he's not that he's you know he's not scatterbrained you know and so when Holy Spirit gave the revelation to the Apostle Paul to write for us to to have that revelation today praise God you know, it all makes sense and it flows together, and, you know, and, and so I encourage you when you're reading the Bible, if it doesn't make sense, you know, there's something there you're not seeing. I've just come to that conclusion, if something doesn't make sense or seems out of place or seems like it's just stuck in there for no, it makes sense and there's a reason for it to be there and it fits with what's being said. Praise God. And so we're going to see that today. Praise God. But let me just begin to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Luke chapter 24 verse number 46, then he said to them, "Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name." To all nations beginning at Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things behold I send the promise of my father upon you notice it's a promise he didn't say that that uh, this is for some people but for others you know maybe maybe not you know he said it's a promise if it's a promise then that means I can re- it's a promise to me Praise God. And then he goes on and he says, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So when Holy Spirit comes into our life, we should expect there to be an insurgence of power. Praise God. And maybe you've been lacking power because you haven't received the promise of the Father. Because you haven't received this gift of the Holy Spirit, praise God. But Jesus said we ought to expect an insurgence of power from on high. In Acts chapter one, verse number eight, we see once again, "You shall remember after the Holy Spirit has come upon you." Now, notice in Luke chapter uh, twenty-four, he is talking about power, the witness. He says, this is of the before you go and start witnessing." THEN YOU NEED TO WAIT UNTIL YOU RECEIVE THIS POWER. PRAISE GOD. AND YOU KNOW, IN in THAT DAY THERE WAS A a TIME THAT HOLY SPIRIT WOULD BE POURED OUT. BUT LET ME SAY THAT TODAY WE DON'T HAVE TO TARRY OR WAIT FOR HOLY SPIRIT BECAUSE 2000 YEARS AGO THE TARRYING OR THE WAITING WAS OVER. HE CAME. Praise God. And Jesus said he would never leave. He said he would abide with us forever. Praise God. Holy Spirit would abide with us. He would stay with us forever. So that means that when he came that day, he hasn't left. Hallelujah. He is still here. So there's no need for you to wait on somebody that's already here. Praise God. He is here. And Jesus said in Acts 1a, "But you shall receive power. And then he tells us why we are to receive this power, to be witnesses. Praise God. To be witnesses. Witnesses of what? He's talking about to be witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ praise God he said you shall be witnesses now the word witness there from the Greek is the word Martus now if that sounds familiar it's because it's the same place we get our English word martyr and this word martyr uh, has, has you know language evolves sometimes so when we say martyr we think of somebody who died for a cause and so, the, but the word includes that, but it is a bigger word than that. This word "martus" from the Greek actually means this, one whose life and actions testify to the worth and effect of their faith. One whose life and actions testify to the worth and the effect of their faith. Praise God. Now, that that involves or includes, if it comes to the point that you need to lay down your life and die for the cause, because you consider that your faith in Christ is worth your life. Praise God. That that's where that comes in. But you know, right now. I mean, there in 2018, right now, there are more people dying for their faith than died for their faith back, in, you know, in in the the beginning of the church. And we we in America, we've been pretty insulated to that. We don't see much of that. Don't know much about that. In fact, we're even unaware that it's even going on for the for uh, in, in large part. Uh, but it is happening today and praise God there are people that are willing to do that hallelujah and I you know I hope that I never have to prove it I hope I'm never tested on that but I believe you know, and I can say that if the day ever came that I would be tested on that, that, yes, I would be willing to lay down my life. Now, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't want to prove it. But, uh, you know, if necessary, that's what we'll do. Praise God. But, you see, here is the thing that Jesus needs people not just to die for him he needs people to live for him and i'll say this if you can't live for him you probably would not be willing to die for him you know i mean i mean if you can't if you can't stand up and live for jesus then we, you know would you really be willing to die for him probably not Probably not. But right now, he needs people who will live for him. Praise God. Praise God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7, notice this it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit. Now this is what we're talking about with the power of the spirit. We're we're dealing with the power today. And so he says the manifestation of the spirit is given to who? Given to who? Okay, are you reading your Bibles? Okay. If you're looking in your Bible, if you're looking in the, you know, maybe you're reading another translation. Maybe that's why I'm hearing different answers. But it probably is. But uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 7, it says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Each one. All right. Now, how many of you are included in that phrase each one anybody included in each one okay I'm a each one all right so if if I'm included in that phrase there then I could say and you could say in fact let's say it this way together the manifestation of the Spirit is given to me okay let's, so let's say it that way the manifestation say it with me the manifestation of the Spirit is given to me yes, amen. praise God the manifestation of the Spirit is given to me hallelujah hallelujah now not somebody else but to you Praise God. And that's important because I need the manifestations of the Spirit in my life. Why is the manifestation of the Spirit given to me? Because there are things I can't do without the Holy Spirit. Praise God. There are things I can't know without the Holy Spirit. There are things I can't say without the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Therefore, in, in, in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, he gave us a, a list of nine spiritual gifts. There, he gave us three gifts that say something when we don't know what to say. Those three gifts are the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and the gift of prophecy. All right, then, when there are times when we don't know what we need to know, so there are three gifts that are given for when we don't know what we need to know and those three gifts we call them revelation gifts because they reveal something and those three gifts are the word of wisdom that's that that is a a a word that uh... uh... Foresees in into the future, you know, when, when, uh, when we don't know what's ahead or how to, how, how to do things that are or what to do regarding the future, the, the Bible says, Jesus, Jesus said, Holy Spirit would show you things to come. That would be a word of wisdom. Word of knowledge, word of knowledge is when you have the ability by the Holy Spirit to know something you could not know any other way. Sometimes we call that intuition. Or, or, well, I just knew. I just knew. You know. Well, that, that's the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And then we have discerning of spirits. And actually this, this discerning of spirits is that we are able to see into the spirit realm and, and, and see and discern. It's, it's not just for your entertainment. A lot of people want to see demons. You know, I really, from what I've heard from people that have seen demons, I really don't want to see one. They're pretty ugly and pretty nasty from what I hear. I've never actually seen one, but, uh, you know, that's pretty consistent. Uh, I really don't have any desire to see a demon. But most of the examples in the scripture is not about seeing demons, most of the examples in the scripture are seeing angels praise God, seeing angels, hallelujah, and, and, you know, and, and, uh, but seeing into the spirit realm, praise God. And then there are three gifts for when we lack the ability to do what we need to do. And those three gifts that, that empower you to do something would be the gifts of healings, all right some sometimes that's a very valuable gift praise God anybody think that might be uh, worth desiring hallelujah there's working of miracles working of miracles is when you can do things when, when by the Spirit of God natural law is is suspended and and you can do things that defies the law of physics, they de- de- defies natural law by the Spirit. That's what Jesus was operating in when he walked on water. You know, I haven't walked on water. And, you know, it would require a gift of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Then there's the last one is the gift of faith. The gift of faith, when you, when you read about the, the heroes of faith in uh, Hebrews chapter 11... And it talks in there about by faith they did this, they did that. The gift of faith is a is a faith that transcends periods of time and transforms the world around you, and gives you the ability to do things without any, really without. uh, Well, I'll just say this: Um, I didn't think I had ever operated in the gift of faith. And then one day I was talking about raising children. You know, and I know a lot of people think that raising children is is such a hard and difficult thing. But I, I honestly, you know, I'm not saying that we never had difficult days or trying times. But I didn't realize until the Holy Spirit pointed it out to me. He said, I gave you the gift of faith to raise your children. Now, What I mean by that is that there was never a point in our lives in raising our children that we ever doubted for one moment, my wife would bear witness to this, that we never doubted for one moment that our children would serve God. You know, there there was never a question, We, we never even considered that they might not. Now, how could we possibly do that, especially when we saw them make mistakes? Now, Jason might tell you that he didn't make any, but, uh, but he did. And uh, so, anyway, you know, there was the gift of faith there to raise our children in the things of God and to fulfill a divine purpose and a divine destiny. Praise God. And we always knew they would do. Praise God. Praise God. And so, with that in mind, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if we uh, look at verse number, uh, excuse me, let me, let's go back to chapter 12 and look at verse number 31. The Apostle Paul says in chapter 12, verse 31, he said, But earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I show you a more excellent way now I've heard a lot of teaching on what are the best gifts and uh... you know there have been several things that that the gift that is less limited the gift that can do uh, uh more things you know and, and and that kind of thing I've heard it taught about in each of those three categories that there is a best gift in each of those categories. And then I've heard it taught this way that there that the best gift is the one that's needed at the time. and I tend to to agree with with that viewpoint that the the best gifts the one needed at the time. why? because you know if, if I'm sick, what would be the best gift? Gifts of healings, right? If I'm discouraged, what would be the best gift? Gift of prophecy or tongues and interpretation together would to to bring encouragement to my life edification exhortation and comfort is how the Apostle Paul describes those gifts so those would be the best gifts you know if I need to get from from uh, one side of the river to the other and there's no bridge and I can't swim the gift of, uh, of working of miracles to walk across the water might be the best gift okay so you know Uh, But, the Apostle Paul says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and then he says this, but yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, if you have an NIV Bible, and if you look in the footnote of the NIV, what it actually says is you are desiring the best gifts. You are earnestly desiring the best gifts. And then he says, but yet I show you a more excellent way. There's a better way than, des- than, than desiring the most desirable or, or, or the, you know, I, I'm just going to say it this way for, for making the point, okay? Many people are desiring the most flashy gifts. You know, and yet Paul says, I'm going to show you a better way than that. Praise God. They were desiring to prophesy. They were desiring to to work miracles. They were desiring to do all these things because, you know, and and, and the fact of the matter is there are people that want spiritual gifts because it draws attention to them. That's not the purpose of spiritual gifts. That's, That's not what they're for. Praise God. In fact, the spiritual gifts are for the purpose of empowering us to spread the gospel, to be witnesses. Praise God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 begins like this, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself. So, if you're seeking a gift that draws attention to you, that wouldn't fit with love does not parade itself, right? Okay. Is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail; whether there are tongues, they will cease. Now, many have taken those words right there: whether there are prophecies, they will; are uh, tongues, they will fail; whether there are prophecies, they will cease. And they have said, "See, there it is, right there, that these gifts will be done away with." You know. And then they go into, well, okay, so now we got to say, well, when are they going to be done away with? And some have, there's a couple schools of thought on that. First of all, one, one school says uh, that, um, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, these nine gifts, they'll be done away with uh, whenever we, there won't be any need for tongues anymore when we receive the completed written word of God. But, we'll talk about that a little bit further, but then there's another school of thought that says they will be done away with when Jesus comes back now that's that's the one that I, the circles I was in always uh, went to was the gifts of the spirit, prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues. these would be done away with when Jesus comes back because they won't be needed anymore, however. I've got a third view, anybody ready to hear the third view? Okay, he's not talking about that those gifts would no longer be needed. Let's go ahead and read the rest of what he said, okay? And I think you'll you'll understand some things here. He says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies they will fail, where whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Okay, hang on just a second. If, uh, really, there, there are two words here that are used in the Greek. Um, whether there are tongues, they will whether there are prophecies, excuse me, whether there are prophecies, they will fail. That's one Greek word right there. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Now, that word cease is a different Greek word, but it actually means the same thing as, you know, as, as the first word, the one that was used for, for tongues. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Now, vanish away is the same Greek word as it used for prophecies; they will fail. Same, exactly same Greek word. So we could say, on all three of these, we could translate it this way: Whether there are uh, tongues, they will fail. Whether there are prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there's uh, uh, knowledge, it will fail. Okay, now get this. If tongues fail, or if tongues are done away with, if tongues are no longer useful or valid, we would have to say the same thing about all three of these things tongues, prophecy, and knowledge. Is there no more need for knowledge? Think, think about that for a moment. Because what he's saying about one he's saying about all three. He's saying tongues, prophecy, and knowledge they'll fail or they will cease or they will be done away with. What he's saying about one he's saying about all three. So if I say that tongues are of no value anymore because we have the written Word of God then I would also have to say that knowledge is of no value anymore let's keep this thing in context all right for we know in part get get that right there we know in part in other words you don't know everything And even if you are operating in the gift of the Word of Knowledge, you still don't know everything. The Word of Knowledge is defined as a portion of, a piece of, or just a word of what God knows. When you operate in the Word of Knowledge, God doesn't just open up your understanding to know everything he knows. Okay? This is why, you know, you hear people say, well, if they were really a prophet, they would have known that. Not necessarily. Not unless God revealed that word to them. Praise God. Because you know in part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he goes on and he says, we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Notice this in verse 11. The apostle goes, he's he's explaining what he's talking about here. He says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, there are people that say, Well, the, these manifestations of the Spirit, these are childish things. Tongues is a childish thing so Paul said he, he put away childish things so he quit you know he put that away isn't that funny because Paul just says in the next chapter I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all he says I put away childish things what's the childish things he's talking about he did not say I quit speaking understanding and thinking now I know there are people who have stopped thinking you know, but let me ask you to, if, if you've stopped thinking, start again right now. Okay, this would be a good time. This, this would be a great time. Start thinking again. Praise God. Paul didn't say I stopped speaking, understanding, and thinking. He said I stopped thinking like a child. I stopped understanding like a child. My my uh, understanding became greater, more full. I stopped speaking like a child. My vocabulary became more full. Anybody ever talk to a three-year-old all day long? Or should I say listen to a three-year-old talk all day long? That's more like, you you know, you've listened to a three-year-old talk all day long. And uh, it... it, uh, You know, it's quite the experience. But Paul didn't say, I stopped thinking, speaking, and understanding. He says, I stopped doing it like a child. My knowledge became greater. My understanding became greater. My vocabulary became greater. Praise God. You know, uh, and he says, I put away doing this like a child. Now, He says, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And then verse number 12 starts with the word for. The word for means because. So he said, I stopped thinking, understanding, and speaking like a child because now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face now I know in part but then I shall know just as I also am known now Paul is not saying that spiritual gifts would be done away with it's not what he's talking about he says uh, you know he wasn't saying when we have the completed written Word of God then spiritual gifts won't be needed anymore. Well, there are things that you need to know that are not written out specifically in the Word of God. Praise God. You ever needed to know something you couldn't find the answer for in the Bible that because it wasn't there? You know? What do you do if, uh, you know, what what do you do if you have a situation that's not even, maybe the, the, the generality of the thing is addressed in the Scripture, but the specifics of it are not addressed in the Scripture. And you need to know, all right, what do I do now in this situation? What do I do? Word of wisdom tells you what to do. Praise, Duke, praise God praise God have you ever uh, have you ever had a sense that something was wrong and you needed to act in a certain way to deal with this thing that's wrong whatever it is and you had a sense of that and, and anybody uh, we've, we've all had those situations where we had a sense that we that something was wrong and and we didn't do anything about it, and it turned out badly. But maybe you've had a the the opposite of that. You knew something was wrong and you needed to do a certain thing. I'll just tell you one one day, uh, you know, I came to the church, it was just probably a week ago. I came to the church and uh I just needed to run to my office and grab something, so I did that and I, I, I left back out. And I just had a sense you need to go check the sanctuary door. So I came down, checked the sanctuary door. It was unlocked. Nobody here. Door was unlocked. Now, that, that may sound like a very simple thing. You just had a hunch, or you just. You know, no. Sometimes we fail to recognize the gifts of the Spirit when they're in operation. And you've all had situations like that. You know. And, and so you had, a, you had a sense, go check the sanctuary door. You know, so I come down here and I check it it's unlocked. And so I lock the door and I go on about my business. There was nothing that said, thus saith the Lord, the sanctuary door is unlocked. I just had a sense it was unlocked. So I came and checked it. You've had things like that too. Maybe you you had a sense of, you you know, you better get that tire fixed. And so you took it into the shop to get the tire fixed and it had a bubble on the sidewall. You know, I was talking to somebody one day at, uh, at, at at the mine. And this person was telling me that they were going out to the mine one day, and they've got, they drive this, this uh, pretty high-performance uh, car, and, uh, and, and said that they were, they were driving 110 miles an hour because they were a little late that morning. They're, they're running down the Hobbs Highway at 110 miles an hour. And, uh, and, and they said to me, Something told me to slow down. So, they said, when I got to 65 miles an hour, I had a blowout on the front, and even at that, it was pretty miraculous that they were able to get it off to the the side. And deal with that without a uh, without flipping the car or anything but can you imagine at 110 miles an hour blowing a front tire something told me to slow down now if if you're not convinced yet that you need gifts of the Spirit see I'm trying to stir up something to cause you to desire the gifts of the Spirit. Paul said, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Another place we, we read where he said "Earnestly you earnestly desire the best gifts, but he said earnestly desire spiritual gifts, or desire or pursue is what he says at the beginning of the 14th chapter is the way he says it, pursue spiritual gifts. You know, I, um, I heard a story years ago, a friend of mine was telling about a friend of his who was a mother of a teenage boy, and uh, her son came in and said, I'm going out tonight, and she said, where are you going? And he said, well, I'm going to so-and-so's house, and uh, is that where you're going to stay, and who's going to be there? Oh, it's just going to be me and him, and we're going to stay at his, his house, we'll just be there. And so, that night he left. Mama is praying. And Holy Spirit opens her eyes and she sees him in the Spirit. She sees him with people that he was not who he said he was going to be with. And he was in a place which was not where he said he was going to be, and he was doing things that he knew his mother would not approve of. And so, by the gifts of the Spirit, that night when the son comes walking back in the door, she's sitting in the living room waiting for him, she said, where, where were you? He tells her the same story that he did when he left, who are you with, you know, where were you? Uh, you know what were y'all doing and he gives her the same story and she says no you were with these people and you were at such and such place and you were doing this and the young man confessed fell down on his knees in the living room that night and gave his heart to Jesus gifts of the Spirit our value. Are you convinced yet that you need that in your life? Praise God. You know, I was. Le- uh, we were doing some remodeling one one day over in the youth room, and I had a plan in my mind of something I was going to do. And but, in the middle of the night, I woke up thinking about that, because I knew I was going to work on it the next day, and I was thinking about it, and. When I'm I'm laying there in bed, wide awake in the middle of the night, rolling this plan over in my mind, and the Holy Spirit said, "That's not safe. Don't do that. That's not safe." And so I revised the plan. And when I went back and thought about it later, I thought that was the dumbest idea I ever had. (laughs) But I would have done it had Holy Spirit not woke me up in the middle of the night and told me that's not safe. And who knows what would have happened had I gone ahead and done that. You know, gifts of the Spirit can save your life. Gifts of the Spirit can, can, can give you insight into things that will change someone's life for the better. Praise God. But here's what Paul is saying, desire the best gifts, and then he begins immediately saying love is, and then he begins to talk about love. So, here is the thing that I want you to see, the mature thing, the mature way to act is in love. Praise God. See, if I am thinking of only what is going to to uh, promote me or my ministry or or set me up on some kind of a pedestal, I'm going to miss what's needed. Praise God, and and, and the gifts of the Spirit you know if God uses let me say it this way if God uses me in the gifts of healings he doesn't do that because I need to be used in the gifts of healings he does that because you need to be healed so in other words God choosing to use me in a gift of healing is not for my benefit it's for your benefit praise God this is the mature way to think of this the apostle Paul said to the Colossians he says put on love which is the bond of perfection or another translation for that word perfection is completeness put on love which is the bond of completeness Paul says when I became a man I stopped acting in a way that was all about me and I started being responsible for people that were around me, people that, I, that it was my job, my responsibility to take care of them, to protect them, to watch over them, to, to, to minister to them, to, you know, to serve them. I, I, maturity says it's not all about me. Childishness is all about me. He's not saying childishness is that you speak, that you don't, uh, or that you have to have tongues to help you, that you have to have the gift. Of t- that's that's not. He's not saying that that's childish. He's saying childish is when it is all about me. But maturity. Is when it becomes about you when it becomes about someone else I don't go you know I don't go and preach the gospel around the world because I need to preach the gospel around the world I go and preach the gospel around the world because there are people in other places in other other countries other lands that may not hear any other way it's about them not about me Amen. praise God praise God you know I'm not looking for a way to promote me. And yet, that's what has been done so much when we talk about spiritual gifts. People are thinking, well, if we could just get the gifts of the spirit operate, this is why you see people faking the gifts of the spirit, because it's about them. You know, I mean, it, it's been exposed. It's well known that there are people who fake spiritual gifts, who who are not doing it in, in, genuinely, but but they have find, found a way to manipulate things and and uh, make it look like they are something special. That's immaturity. That's childish. Are there ever some operation of the gifts of the Spirit that are done in a childish way? If there wasn't, Paul wouldn't have needed to tell us this. Okay? So there are some genuine gifts that operate, but they're done in a childish way. Doesn't, doesn't mean that the gift is of no value. It just means that the way it's being done is childish. Praise God praise God I've had people I've I've had the Spirit of God tell me things about people that I didn't need to broadcast to the whole church I needed to either just pray or I needed to deal with that person privately you know and if I deal with someone privately I'm not going to tell anybody else about it praise God now this is why we have, we have always thought that spiritual gifts had to be somebody standing up and saying, Thus saith the Lord. Nothing wrong with doing that. Nothing wrong, you know, and sometimes that, that is the, the thing that needs to be done. But it's not always the thing that needs to be done. You know, I know people that have never operated in spiritual gifts publicly, but they operate constantly in spiritual gifts. I mean, just, you know, it's a prolific thing in their life, they are operating in spiritual gifts. You know, my wife, I can tell you this, she has never, you know, she has never given a word of prophecy, you know, thus saith the Lord in church but i know for a fact she operates in spiritual gifts on a regular basis praise god praise god she she knows she knows things about you and if need be she'll talk to you about it praise god praise god you see Ephesians chapter 4 says, remember we read to each one manifestations are given? Now here's here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 7, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Christ had all spiritual gifts operating within Him. But to each one of us, a portion of Christ's gift is given. Praise God. You know, I've operated in several spiritual gifts, but I can say that I have not operated in all nine. uh You probably won't operate in all nine. And you may operate in one at a time when it is needed and then never operate in it again. You see, there are gifts that are given when they are needed. Praise God. And you'd be all right with that. That doesn't mean it's your gift to turn on and off whenever you want to. Praise God. He says here, we're given this grace or these giftings according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, they led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all. Now, he tells us here how long these gifts. Will be in operation till we all come to the unity of the faith remember what Paul said when I became a man I put away childish things here's what he says till we all come to the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man in other words, when we grow up, and even at that, he's not saying that the gifts will no longer be valid. But what did he say back in First Corinthians chapter chapter thirteen? He says, "We know in part, we prophesy in part, we understand. You know, we don't have all knowledge. We don't have all language to say whatever we need to say. We don't have air But he says." So, here's the deal. Let me just wrap this all up in this neat little package for you to help you understand this. And then I encourage you to go back and read these chapters again, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and Ephesians chapter 4. Read these together in light of what I'm about to share with you. Praise God. Here is the thing. I know part, you know part. But when we are bound together in the bond of love, what you know and what I know are put together and become effective for the body of Christ. Praise God. I don't know it all. You don't know it all. But, you know, if someone is here today and they need a miracle in, your, in, in their life Though I, I will say this, I have never operated in the working of miracles. I said, I haven't operated in all nine gifts. That's the one I've, ne- I, I've never operated in the working of miracles. But if someone is here and they need a miracle, working of miracles in their life, there might be one of you who has a gifting for the miracle they need. And it's so I have this part you have a part and maybe your part is what is needed and it's not my part I can try to meet the need with my part you know you may have a word of encouragement for someone and I might not I know in part you know in part it might be your part that is needed. Praise God. So here's the thing. When we mature, this is why he said, till we all come to the unity of the faith. We've misunderstood that unity of the faith to mean till we all start thinking alike. Till we till we all agree on something. Well, that's probably never gonna happen until. Jesus sits down with us and teaches us and we'll all agree with him okay but until then we're probably never gonna all agree on something you know on on everything because I know in part and you know in part but when we become mature I'm able to receive from your part see I'm right-handed my right hand Let me me just say it this way, and I know it's all controlled by my brain, but, you know, my right hand is willing to accept help from my left hand. You know, my teeth need to get brushed. They're willing, my teeth are willing to accept help from my hand to brush them. You know, when we all come to the unity of the faith and start functioning like a body, operating together, letting you supply your part, me supply my part, and putting them all together, now we are coming into a place of maturity. Praise God. And there will never be a point in time When I am independent of you and you are independent of me. Or we're any one of us independent of Jesus. You see, we've all got our part. The head, Jesus, cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you. Why? Jesus is not going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He was already here. He preached the gospel here. He finished what He came to do. He went back to heaven and He gave that job to you and I. And He's not going to come back and do it again. He's not going to say, well, they're not doing it, so I guess I'll have to go back to earth and, and, and preach again. No, he's not going to. He's not going to. It's going to have to be you and I that do it. Praise God. The head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. Praise God. Praise God. And when we learn that these gifts of the Spirit are given f- to the corporate church of the Lord Jesus Christ to get the job done. This is why it was okay when the apostles went to one group of people and they, and, and they brought in others to lay hands on them that they would receive the Holy Spirit because they acknowledged the giftings that had been given to them. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I think it would be a great time if you have never received the promise of the Father. See, I, I want you to receive because there is great benefit for you. And you should expect to operate in spiritual gifts. You should expect to operate in your part. Not my part, your part. Praise God. You should expect that. Praise God. So maybe you desire spiritual gifts, you've never operated in that. Now the first evidence of that that we see in Scripture, we see every, everyone in Scripture that we see that received this promise of the Father, they all spoke with tongues. That was the initial evidence you should expect to speak with tongues okay don't be afraid of that That doesn't mean you have to speak out in public in tongues but when you speak in an unknown tongue you can speak directly to God and not to man so I encourage you I, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to ask. First of all, we're going to give some others opportunity to get in on this, too. See, Jesus said this is for believers. This is a gift for believers. It's a promise of the Father for believers. So if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, whether you're watch, whether you're sitting here today in this room or whether you're watching online... I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And then once you receive Jesus as your Savior, you should expect to receive the promise of the Father. And there doesn't have to be weeks in between. It can be a moment in between. The instant you receive Jesus as your Savior, you become eligible to receive the promise of the Father. Praise God. So we're just going to do this all together, and if you've already received Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me anyway. Praise God. And then we're just going to flow from that right on into receiving the promise of the Father, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So let's just say this all together, and if you pray this prayer, and you mean this with you believe this, you believe what you're saying, then God's Word says you will be saved. Praise God. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed. Praise God. So let's just pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me in my place. I should have been on that cross, but he went there in my place. And today, I believe that what he did was enough for my salvation. And I trust Jesus. For my eternal salvation i believe that he was raised from the dead so i could have new life today i choose jesus and i receive jesus as my savior and now father i call you father now because you are my father i have been born again and i received jesus he said that you have a gift for me and so today i am here to receive my gift that you promised right now i ask me to ask you to fill me with your spirit and i receive it in his name jesus name thank you father for my gift.
0: Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We wanna connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com wolcarlsbad, or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.